Praise the Lord, it's chat chat time. time Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time again. Now this week we will continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord, so it's time for the segment. Did you ever wonder where that phrase came from? And the phrase for this week is, cast thy bread upon the waters. And that means to do something good without expecting anything in return, even if it seems wasteful to you, And it can be found in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1, and it reads, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. So that means that you do something good for someone and not expect anything in return, but, you know, after many a days, the Lord will just bless you for it. All right, so I want to continue and maybe just finish with Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the first seven verses. And we left off, actually we were talking about verse 5 last week. And it reads, Also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fears shall be, by, shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. So these first seven verses are talking about, I think, old age, getting old, and what happens to people. Actually, it's Solomon's take on getting old. But I guess it's true because, you know, as you get older, you have some afflictions and your aches and your pains. And, and so uh, I think we touched on verse 5 last week. 
it says, when they shall be afraid of that which is high. And have you ever noticed that the older you get, you don't have a tolerance for high places? I never did. <laughs> no, I mean, it gets even harder. You know, you, you definitely don't want to climb the ladder, stand on a step stool or, or a chair. And fear shall be in the way, you know, because you're, you're afraid that you're going to fall or... Break a bone, dislocate a hip or shoulder. I'm telling you, end up in the hospital. Um, and then your legs aren't as steady as they were before. They're kind of, you know, wobbly. And, and you know, I look at people who just climb stairs and, or like the mailmen. My goodness, they have strong legs. They go up and down all these stairs. So anyway, and the almond tree shall flourish. So I think that's like your hair getting gray. And the grasshopper shall be a burden. Now, I don't exactly know what that means. The grasshopper shall be a burden. Um, and desire shall fail. So you just don't feel like doing the same things like you used to. You don't feel like... Um, um, you have different likes, and you do things slower. And you know how when you were younger, you used to hurry up and do this and hurry up and do that and knock off this chore and that chore. But now, um, you know, it, it just the slightest thing or the lightest thing is harder for you to do. You know, it it puts it puts stress on your body. It puts you know, you can sit there and say, oh my God, I got to do this, I got to do that. I you know, your desire fails to do what you once, uh, well, or, or maybe you don't have the same desire for food, or you can't eat the same foods as you used to. Maybe you know. not, but then sometimes you, your priorities change. You know, when you're younger and you used to have to do things, you had different types of responsibilities. When you get older, you say, I, I can get to it. You know, it's just that things shift, you know, as you grow older. You know, and, and then, uh, I don't know, it's a, you're right, things shift. And your pleasures are, are you, you think about what did you do years ago, and you think, why did I do that? That was so stupid, <laughs> you know? That was it just made so sense at the time, you know? But... Uh, I don't, I don't know. If things do change, I can tell you that for sure. And desire shall fail. So I take it to mean like maybe your appetite is not the same or you... Your interests, you know, basically... Worried about things. You have no desire. They're not the same desires, that's for sure. Probably. And then the next... Uh, it says, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Well, it's true. You're, you're, you're getting gonna, you're ready. Gonna, you're going to leave here. <laughs> well, that's blunt. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're thinking about, and, and it's true. The older you get, the more you think about uh, death, about the end. You, you uh, feel like you want to prepare 
your house, you know, prepare your spiritual life, prepare your natural life, prepare yourself for, um, you know, take care of financial business and, and all that other stuff. Uh, so you're thinking about going to your long home, which is death. Now, where you choose to die, you know, and spend eternity is up to you. You know, it could be uh, that you're not saved and you're going to be in for a big surprise. Um, you should be saved so that you can spend eternity with the Lord in peace. Mm -hmm. So um, you need to find a place for your soul. You can't just think about worrying about the natural things. You have to worry about your spiritual soul. Uh, you know, what are you going to do when you, when you go to rest? Are you you want to be able to rest in the Lord. You want to be able to spend time in the house of eternity. You know, not in hell. Um, so it says, and the mourners go about the streets. I'm not exactly sure what that means the mourners go about the streets unless it's like your time for you to die and there's a funeral and yeah you, you know. have a funeral procession and you know, the people because you've gone to your long home because you know everybody unless the lord is going to catch you up in the air in the twinkling of an eye you know our natural bodies we're going to leave here so verse six says or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern so to me that means you're you're in the process of dying it's like your organs are failing or your veins are or your brain, or your heart stops, or your... Could be, or, or it's just like it's inevitable. It's just like there's always going to be something that's going to happen. You know, there's a cistern, the wheel's going to break, there's going to be something that's going to be damaged. It's like it's inevitable. There's just no, there's no escaping it. So sooner or later, you know, one way or the other, you're going to have to give an account. But in Jesus, you can... You rest in peace. Now, when people try to separate out religions and say, why is this religion greater than the, than the other? It's the fact that you're seeking for truth. And if you truly seek for truth, I don't care where you are, because the Lord says to the ends of the earth, his, his gospel, he actually sent an angel to proclaim the gospel to the world so that every nation knows the truth. He's saying that when you seek the truth, you're going to come full circle to the Lord. You're going to come full circle to Jesus. It has, it has to do with there's just one truth. There's just one love. There's just one God. And when you strip away all the man-made nonsense, you will find that you come full circle to the Lord himself. You come full circle to the oracles that he gave to the Jewish people so that the word of God could be proclaimed throughout the world. So, you know, the golden bowl is possibly maybe your head or your brain or, you know, 
According to some, the silver cord could be your spinal. Uh, you yeah, know, it could be, but I mean, I mean, you know, you could read a whole lot, but to me, it says like, I mean, it's the almost picture like picture could be your heart. It could be, or could not be, or the wheel, your organs. It could of, be, it could not be, but to me, when I read, when I read that, my first reaction was that, like that commercial for uh, insurance, the shield is not, is not if your car is going to break down, it's oh, when your car is going to break down. <laughs> so it's almost like it's inevitable that sooner or later, and you might not have anything that's going to break down, but what it's saying, sooner or later, though, you're going to have to leave one way or the other. Like Moses, there was nothing wrong with him. Nothing physical, you know, nothing spiritual. There was nothing wrong with him. It was just his time. And the same way with Caleb. Now, Joshua, the Lord said he was old and stricken in years, but he didn't say that about Caleb. It's just that there's a generation, and you could be perfectly healthy, and the Lord will say it's time to come home because it's, up, it's the next generation's turn. So every, every generation has this responsibility. It's just that these generations are getting more and more wicked. Boy, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So verse uh, 7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be ready for your spirit to go back to God. Right. And, and you can't have life apart from God because there's no real meaning. There's no purpose. There's, no, there's nothing worthwhile. Um, everything is empty. Unless you have the Lord, everything is empty. You're right, just, it's in there's vain. No, there's just no purpose. There's just no why. You know, people say, why am I here? What was, what, what, you know? To be as one with the Lord because he never designed us to be separate from him. He designed us that we, he created us so that we would have a relationship with him, so that we would know him in the fullness of holiness. That's how it's supposed to be. But man in his disobedience and iniquity tries to go in their own way. And when they do that, that's when they feel, what's my purpose here? You know, when you go in your own way, you've lost your direction because God directs our steps. In his word, God orders our path. So when you stray from God's word, then you do feel that sense of helplessness and hopelessness because God's plan for you, you're not aware of it. And then you begin to ask silly questions like that. Why am I here? You know, what's my purpose in life? How could God do this? And what type of, the, of God would do this? And why would the Lord do that? Then you start questioning things that you really don't have an answer to or an understanding for. Even if the Lord would answer you, you wouldn't even be able to comprehend it because your understanding is dull without God. That's true. So now we're at the point where you're, you, um, you're at the end of your life. And... You have a choice where your spirit goes back to God and you live with the Lord in all eternity or, or you choose death, which is right. uh, eternal torment. Right. Some people, they double down. When the Lord tells them you're going in the wrong way, when people tell them that's not what God intended, they do like Cain. They double down. They just they get worse. It's the Lord can tell you what the problem is, and they say, no, that's not it. 
Like the Lord told Cain, you see sin is at the door. Cain, no, that's not it. No, it's Abel's fault. It's, it's like no matter what Stubborn. it is, yeah, you, you refuse to accept the truth and you go in your own way and you deceive yourself. So, so people deceive themselves into thinking somehow they can get around God's will and there are no consequences to it. And I think there was a reason why Solomon put this in Ecclesiastes to talk about getting old and all the aches and pains and dying. Yeah, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Lord wanted him to put that in there. He, the, the purpose, I think, is to tell people, remember your creator, just like it says in the first verse. Remember the creator in the days of your youth. Um, because while the evil days come, you're not going to remember or when the years, as years go on and you get older, and then you're going to end up saying, I don't have any pleasure in, in this life. You're not going to, you're going to focus more on sickness and, and uh, death instead of focusing on uh, serving the Lord, on being obedient, on loving the Lord, on keeping his commandments. And... So when you get down to like verses 13 and 14, it does, it does talk about the best way to live is to fear the Lord. Keep his commandments. Do what's right. Do what you do. You know, that old saying, make hay while the sun shines. Right. You know? you, yeah. Humble yourself before the Lord. Receive salvation. Receive the truth. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, don't try to question it away or reason it away. and Don't try to go in your own way. Tell the Lord he knows what's best. And receive whatever blessings he has for you. And the most significant blessing of all is salvation, is eternal life. So this shouldn't be depressing, you know, talking about this. It should give hope to people. It should be an encouragement. It should be that while you're young, serve the Lord. While you're young, turn your heart toward the Lord. You know, sir, keep his commandments. Be obedient. Right. Or, or, or in other sense, if you're older, while you still can, while you are right. in your right mind, while you have the ability to think, choose the Lord. Don't put yourself in a situation where you have no other recourse because now it's just too late. You don't want to be in that situation when you can right now ask the Lord to save you and to keep you safe. Right, so that concludes our, our little study on Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 1 to 7. And we're going to move on to um, current events. And someone sent this to me uh, just sheer nonsense, you know. It's like the European Union is joining an international scheme to investigate whether major interventions in the Earth's natural processes, including deflecting some of the sun's rays, can help mitigate climate change. The agency cited a draft document that might be made public soon that's aimed at assessing the consequences of global warming on water, food scarcity, and the risks of, of them triggering 
new conflicts or mass migration waves. The paper features plans to study atmospheric <coughs> re-engineering technology and the dangers associated with them. So what they're trying to do in this project is reflecting a certain percentage of sunlight back into space to alter weather patterns. Well, what gets me is they can't even figure out what to do with plastic bags in the ocean. <laughs> and here they are talking about interfering with sunlight in order to stop uh, global warming, which is basically, to me, uh, it's almost like a cult following. Some believe it, some don't. They are trying to take control of nature that God has set in motion. The things that the Lord has decreed cannot be changed. So I think about the scriptures when they, when they talk about how there's going to be a third of daylight. I believe the Lord is going to allow man to ruin uh, the earth, basically, to, to ruin things that normally should take place and hang himself with his own rope. That, that, and, that, and, that's what it looks like to me. And in this report, it says, in this paper, it acknowledges that such technologies introduce new risks to people and ecosystems, while they could in also increase power imbalances between nations, spark conflicts, raise a myriad of ethical, legal, governance, and political issues. Um, Geoengineering plans are being taken more seriously amid expectations that countries will fail in their goal to limit global warming to 1.5 Celsius, adding that the European Union might embrace more radical options such as spraying stratospheric aerosols to reduce the amount of sunlight reaching the earth. Don't we already have that? It's called ozone, right? It, it, it could <laughs> be, but I mean, for them to try to control uh, the light, I just think the Lord is going to allow man to mess up. The same way uh, when they're talking about carbon emissions, why hasn't anybody questioned all those nuclear bombs that they'll be testing in North Korea? And you know if North Korea is doing it, other countries are doing that, and we're just not aware of it. They're releasing all that into the atmosphere. All that radiation being set off in the atmosphere. Not just in the atmosphere, it's like it ends up in the ocean. Right, because it comes because it's part of the atmosphere. Everything just comes around down on full the, on the circle. floor of the ocean. And and so they can't tell me that it's because of cars and aerosol spray cans, you know, it's because they're doing things blowing the tops off of mountains in order to get to coal. They're doing things themselves that are going to cause a, a disaster. It's not a natural disaster. It's a man-made one. So critics are warning that such methods might involve unforeseen side effects such as changes in rain patterns. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, people are talking about floods and everything now, but... But there's always been floods. You know, I, I, and even if you go through a, a period or a series or a decade where it's worse, things like that have always happened. Things like that has always shown fluctuation in, in weather patterns. It's so always when, been that way. So when I read things like that, I, I think of the scripture in uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 
and 11. And it says that he hath made everything beautiful in its time. Also he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So the Lord instilled in every person in his heart in, uh, a desire, but they're going to keep trying and trying and trying to figure out how did God make the world? How did, how did the earth come about? How, did, how, did, uh, how, are, how is the climate going on? How, is the, how can we stop this? How can we, it is so they're, and they're never, the Lord says that they're never going to be able, no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Right. They're going to want to try. They're going to experiment and experiment and experiment and come up with all this nonsense. But and write never... books and, and manuscripts. And he said it's just, it's just foolishness. It's just vanity because God won't let it be. They're never going to be able to find out how God made the world. They're never going to because be able Because the Lord to find won't out. allow it. I mean, in that case, he would have allowed them to build the Tower of Babel, and he would have allowed them to, to uh, perfect it, but they couldn't because their plan was flawed. It was natural trying to get access to the spiritual. Anyway, that concludes our program for today. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Proverbs chapter 11 and 10. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. Ain't God all right? God, God is, is all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, God is good and kind to everyone. But who is he especially kind to? And the answer is, to the unthankful and to the evil. And that can be found in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, and it reads, But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. This week's food for thought is a true or false question. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed. True or false? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.